Hey everyone, welcome to the 12th episode of the DCL Dude Podcast. I am joined once again on this episode by my wife, Alyssa. Hi. And we have been getting pounded with snow and freezing temperatures over the last week or so, so we figured we would sit down and do a podcast episode to take our mind off the, the freezing temperatures and focus on on warmer weather, so... Looking forward to this. Um, first, before we get into the episode, I just want to go over a little bit of recent Disney Cruise Line news. Um, as I'm sure many of you are aware, the Disney Magic returned last week from Freeport in the Bahamas after undergoing some fairly significant dry dock enhancements, most notably what was previously Carioca's. Um, one of the main dining restaurants on the Magic was transformed into an all-new dining experience called Rapunzel's Royal Table, um, which is now added into the main dining rotation. I've been really excited about this uh, since I first heard that they were doing this, and I've started to see some pictures and some reviews come in, but <laughs> I'm, I personally have been trying not to read too much about it or look at too many pictures just so that... Um, the next time we sail on the magic, I can sort of experience it with fresh eyes and, and without too much previous bias. Um, I'm sure Disney did an amazing job and guests are definitely going to love it. The magic returned from dry dock to sail a five night Bahamian cruise followed by a four night Bahamian, a five night Marvel day at sea Western, and then a couple more Bahamian cruises to round out the month of March. My family doesn't currently have a sailing booked on the Magic, but we're we're starting to look into it now because we both really want to to check out the new restaurant. I'm so excited. Rapunzel is my favorite, so I'm definitely looking forward yeah, to going on the Magic. Entangled is one of our family's favorite Disney movies, so we're we're pretty excited about that. Um, next piece of news: Disney Cruise Line announced on Tuesday of this week that it would be replacing Tortola as a port of call with Phillipsburg St. Martin on all of its upcoming Eastern Caribbean sailings through June. So, um, this news comes as Tortola continues to recover from the devastating effects of Hurricanes Irma and Maria this past summer, and um, this this is the same itinerary, include including Saint Martin that the Fantasy is currently sailing, on its Eastern Caribbeans and and we've sort of been speculating that they would be making this change, um, but we were just waiting for an official announcement. We actually have an upcoming Eastern Caribbean cruise scheduled, so we were we were a little bummed to hear this news because we. We chose this itinerary specifically because we wanted to, to visit Tortola. Mm -hmm. um, we have some some friends who honeymooned there and, and had really amazing things to say about it. So we were very much looking forward to, to visiting it. But um, you know, I we definitely feel for all the the people that were that are living on the island and, and hope that they can can get back to their normal ways of life as soon as possible because. <laughs> that's really what's most important here. I mean, selfishly, we can wish that um, Tortola was ready for us, but um, there's still a lot of work to be done there, I guess. 
Okay, so on with the show. In this episode, um, we're going to be talking about sailing with infants and toddlers. We get a lot of questions about this, and I see it posted on on message boards all the time. Um, You know, people saying, we have kids under the age of one, or we have kids ages one and three. Is it worth it to bring them on a Disney cruise? And I think my wife and I (laughs) would both emphatically say yes it's definitely absolutely do it um don't leave them at home and and don't put it off until they're older especially if you really want to go now um you'll i see a lot of people responding to just leave them at home and and to so you can enjoy yourself but i think we honestly think it's the best family vacation that you can have. Yeah, of course. And you'll still have an amazing time even if you're worried um, that, that they're going to be that they are going to be too much trouble. My son just turned four and will be sailing on his third Disney cruise in April and our daughter just turned one um, and will be going on her second. So th- this is just to say that we, have some experience sailing with infants and toddlers and we we just like to share some of our our tips and experiences with you so the the first thing we would say is to is just to go in with low expectations and i want to just clarify that a little bit because you should certainly have very high expectations that you're going to have an amazing vacation and that you will you'll get to experience all the magic that Disney has to offer on a Disney cruise. But when I say have low expectations, I mean, I just mean don't try to schedule too much if you're traveling with, traveling with little ones. There are literally hundreds of things for you to do aboard a Disney Cruise Line ship, and there are, there are going to be dozens and dozens that you're going to actually want to do, and that's great. Um, Disney Cruise Line is great about allowing you to plan your days ahead of time. Um, you know, they, they deliver the, the navigator to you in your room the night before, so you can kind of sit down and see what you want to do. Um, if you're a planner, plan your day out, um, before you go to bed at night. But as the, you know, as the day goes along, if the activities that you want to do don't fit into your child's schedule, just, just go with the flow. There's going to be plenty of other fun things to do at another time. And, if your if your expectation is that you're going to um, be able to do every single fun thing that is available to you, you're you're likely you're likely going to be disappointed. So instead, that that's what I mean. Go in with it, with low expectations and and just really be surprised at how awesome your cruise turns out to be. And that's exactly what we do every night. We um, lay in bed after the kids fall asleep and go through the navigator, highlight what we want to do the following day. And it usually ends up being way more than we actually end up doing, and that's totally fine. It's usually we end up doing something completely different, like maybe the the line at the water slide is shorter, so we decide to do that a couple more times or um, whatever it is. But um, sometimes doing less is even more fun. Agreed. Definitely just go with the flow. And along those same lines, um, definitely recommend that you – pre-plan your shore excursions as well so many of disney cruise lines port adventures are not suitable for small children so you'll want to know that ahead of time and you can see that all um 
right on their website when you're planning your cruise. Research the ports that you'll be visiting and, and figure out if there are things that your small children can do and, and that your family would like to do. Perhaps it'd be um, you'd be happier just staying on board and, and enjoying the ship's amenities during a day in port, and there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Um, if you if you wait to book your port adventures while you're on board, it, it could potentially cause some stress trying to figure out what your family is going to do in the ports of call. Um, and there's also, um, if there's a shore excursion that you really want to do, but Disney's port adventure doesn't allow the ages of your children on the excursion, it's it's possible that there could be a local vendor that, that doesn't have the same age restrictions. You'll you'll just want to, to research that ahead of time and, and get an idea of those ones. Disney's port adventures are awesome. Sometimes they can be a little overly cautious when it comes to, to who they allow on their excursions. And I've heard a lot of experiences where um, Disney's excursion will say, you know, suitable for ages six and up and then um people have booked it on their own not through disney just taking a taxi there or whatever from and um and the company itself will allow like four and up or whatever so i think it is there is more flexibility when you go through the actual company itself yeah and i i wonder if it has to do with actual transportation which i was going to get into next um, one of the great things about booking a port adventure through Disney, um, if you have young kids, is that you don't have to worry about car seats. So, for port adventures that allow small children, you know, if you if you can book them on Disney's website or or at the um, port adventure desk on board, the transportation typically is by a large coach bus, which allows you to, you know, to let your children ride on your lap. So if you're booking a, a Disney Cruise Line port adventure that's age appropriate for your kids, um, you can be assured that the transportation to and from the the uh, the port adventure is safe. Whereas if you're kind of booking on your own, um, that may be a consideration that. Uh, that you need to uh, keep in mind. Next, um, on on embarkation day, we, we definitely recommend that that you visit the kids clubs, um, and or the nursery during during their open houses. This will definitely be a great opportunity for you to explore these spaces and just to learn about all the fun things that there are to do. Um, there are to do there and, and just to talk to the cast members if you have any concerns you can you can bring that up to the cast members they're they're super friendly and and happy to talk to you um, <laughs> when we um, my wife and I have always had you know some concerns about dropping our kids off and leaving them um, on our most recent cruise back in October I had a, a pretty pretty extensive conversation with one of the one of the cast members in the kids clubs and it and it uh, it definitely helped me relieve some of those concerns. We ultimately never ended up bringing um, our son to play in the kids clubs, but it wasn't because we were afraid to do it. We just we we just enjoyed spending time with him doing other things instead. So um, maybe on this this upcoming sailing, which which will be. A longer sailing will let him spend some time there because I know he'll he'll really love that. Another great tip that I've heard is um, just keep your eye on the navigator for fun events going on in the kids club. Um, this way, if you don't just want to drop them off just for free play, you are dropping them off for something specific that you know that they want to participate in. 
Um, they're going to have fun regardless, but sometimes they have special things going on, like um, characters will stop in and you can, and the kids can um, hang out with them a little bit. So if they want to go for something specific like that, it might make you feel a little better about um, dropping them off. You can also tour the It's a Small World Nursery uh, on Embarkation Day and meet the cast members in there as well. The, the nursery is for, as a reminder, is for cruisers ages three and under and is a $9 hourly fee for the first child and $8 per hour um, for each additional child after that. Availability in the nursery fills up. And so if you think this is something that uh, that you want to take advantage of on your cruise, you'll definitely want to register uh, register as early as possible. So once the open houses are closed, uh, the adults will not be allowed back into the kids' spaces. Depending on the length of the cruise, they may offer an additional open house period. But if you want to tour the spaces and meet the cast members, um, embarkation day is definitely the ideal time to do that. The the next uh, the next thing we wanted to talk about is I don't know this maybe goes without saying and maybe a little bit obvious but just try to stick to your toddler's regular schedule as much as possible it's it's really gonna make things a whole lot easier um, there will definitely be times where this is not really possible which which makes it even more important that um, that you that you do try to do this whenever you can. Each time we've we've taken our kids, at, at least one of them has been on a regular nap schedule, um, and especially on days at sea, either my wife or myself would return to our stateroom um, with 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 whichever kid was was ready for a nap, um, which made really made the whole rest of the day go a lot smoother. You can always tell when your child has sort of had enough and either has been in the sun too long or just been awake too long and needs a nap to recharge. So just take take our word for it. You'll definitely be glad that you allowed them to rest, even if it means that that you have to miss out on something that um, that you were looking forward to doing. This, um, this is where a veranda comes in handy. If you can swing having a veranda, we would whoever would take the kids back to nap could just hang out on the veranda and hang out in the sun and you didn't feel like you were really missing out on anything or take a nap with them. Sometimes we did that. Yeah. This, uh, it goes along the lines of having low expectations and just being able to go with the flow. So, you know, even on days when you're debarking in a port of call, if you, if you can, try to find a cool, shady place to allow your toddler to, to take their nap, even, even though sometimes it's way easier said than done. Yes. Our four-year-old would not ever nap on a beach but <laughs> but the baby uh she definitely napped on castaway key last time yeah so since you mentioned verandas actually those the next the next topic we were going to get into because because you may potentially be spending more time in your stateroom than you might otherwise um if you weren't traveling with little ones um we have a few kind of just thoughts in general on the stateroom and we highly recommend choosing a stateroom with a veranda. So, you know, definitely understand that these are the the more expensive staterooms on a Disney Cruise Line ship. So if a, if a veranda is not in the budget, please don't 
believe we are suggesting that you won't enjoy your vacation if you don't have one. For us, when our kids uh, go to bed early or when we put them down for nap time, um, as Alyssa was saying, we like to have the ability to sit out on the veranda and just enjoy the fresh air and the sun and the sound of the ocean. And it allows us to, to talk to each other without having to worry too much about waking up the kids. And um, the staterooms with the veranda have high locks on the doors that are out you know, that are out of reach of the children. So, um, it's, it's definitely a good idea to keep, keep those locked whenever possible so that, you know, keeping the kids safe. Um, and, uh, if you, but if you don't reserve a, a room with a veranda, the rooms have a, a curtain that you could pull across that, that divides the room into really into kind of two separate spaces. It won't completely keep light from entering the other side of the room, but um, at least it dims it enough so that it's not bothersome for the, for the sleeping, the sleeping children. Um, you'll be able to turn on a reading light and kind of watch TV while not disturbing them. Um, we also like to bring a noise machine <laughs> that plays white noise while the kids, uh, while the kids are sleeping, which, which definitely helps drown out the sounds of us, of us talking or the, or, uh, or the TV or, or any noise that might, might be coming from the hallway. So uh, definitely, definitely don't leave home without a sound machine. That was absolutely a lifesaver. If we didn't have that, I feel like I would have bought one at any cost if we had forgotten it, but <laughs> bring two if you have to, yeah. but yeah, allowing us to even if one kid gets up in the middle of the night, they didn't wake up the other and we're getting ready for bed at night. It was a lifesaver. Yeah. That's definitely a, uh, a must bring, we think. We get asked a lot too about whether um, whether the rooms are too cramped with all the stuff that we have to have to bring with kids. Because um, if you're traveling with kids, you know that um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that you have to bring. Um, we typically bring a stroller, which which can easily be folded up and stored under the bed. We, we like to have a stroller with us just in case we need one on a shore excursion. Um, and of course, you know, getting to the port and, and navigating through the airport is a lot easier with the stroller as well. So it's easy enough to bring it on the ship. And, and we would definitely say that you can, you can, you can get away with not bringing one. Um, but we're just letting you know that it's okay to bring one and that it won't get in your way in the stateroom. A lot of people on the message boards ask a lot, um, for the most recommended stroller. So we bring a city mini GT and that fit perfectly under the bed a lot of people just like to bring an umbrella stroller but um i like to have something a little more durable and that reclines so um on our last trip we came from disney world so we actually had our double city mini gt and so obviously that was pretty big and it still fit right under the bed it was with our suitcases so took up a little more space but um still totally fine and was able to stay out of the way yeah, one of the the great things about the the Disney Cruise Line staterooms is that there's lot there's lots of room under the the beds to to store things. So, um, which includes your large travel suitcases. Um, you also don't have to worry about bringing a pack and play. If you if you need one, you can request one before you sail, or you can just let your stateroom host know that you'll be needing one um, once you meet them. And you also don't have to worry about setting up or taking it down. So. Um, your your stateroom host will set it up in the evening and we'll take it down in the morning and we'll store it outside of your room. So 
it it won't take up space in your stateroom um, when it's not being used. I, that's that's a concern that some people have that we've seen. Um, and it's amazing. It's like magic. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you come in, it's all set up, you know, at night, and it's 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 gone once you leave your your stateroom in the morning. Um, if you have older children, your your stateroom host will prepare the 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 beds in the evening, um, including setting up guardrails if you need them. Um, and the last thing we'll say is you can also request a diaper genie to be put in your room, which is, which is great. So you don't have <laughs> smelly diapers stinking up your room. They also um, clean it out every day trip. too. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even mm-hmm. realize that. Mm-hmm. They were gone. Um, <laughs> Magic. Uh, dining is another topic that can cause parents a lot of stress. Um, for us, we've, it's always worked best for, uh, for us to reserve the main dining time slot which is the earlier of the two options. Some people I've seen actually prefer the later, the late dining seating. So whatever works best for your family. Um, f- for us, the, the, the main dining is, is the, the most consistent with their regular schedules. Just for reference, the main dining seating starts at 5.45 p.m. Um, and the late dining seating starts at 8 p.m. So... Um, can figure out which one works best for you depending on when you book main dining might not be an option because it's already been filled up so um if you if you reserve a cruise and you, you can't select the the main dining seating and that's what you want call as soon as you can after you make a reservation and get on the wait list for main dining and and if you have if you have small children it's it's pretty likely that you'll um that your request to move to the earlier time slot will be granted. We've sailed twice, I think, where the earlier time slot was not available when we were when we booked the cruise, and we were switched both times prior to embarkation. So, um, I do have to caution you that this doesn't always happen. Um, but Disney really does try hard to grant you your desired dining time, and 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 knows that it can be difficult with small children to eat um, at that later seating. Um, you won't be notified if your time slot gets changed. You'll, you'll have to monitor your reservation online periodically to, to see if it's been switched. Um, and if you, if you don't get switched prior to embarkation day, you can check in your navigator when you board the ship. It'll tell you um, where to go to, to request a change. It's, it's typically in one of the main dining restaurants, and, and you, you should go as soon as you board to try to get that switch so that they can accommodate you. And once you're once you're in the dining restaurants, the servers really help you out a lot as well. Um, we noticed on this most recent cruise that we took that um, that they seemed to recognize that we had smaller children and and kind of moved our meal along. Um, in the past, when we've sailed with only adults, the the servers would would kind of take their time and would allow you to enjoy your meal, um, each course or meal, and and um, which is which is true for you know, any fine dining restaurant outside of a Disney cruise, that's kind of how it goes. But, um, if you're a parent, (laughs) at least from our experience, you know, that, uh, extended dinners can be, can be very frustrating and very stressful. So, um, when we've sailed with kids, our servers have been very good about kind of having the next course ready to go as soon as you're finished with your current one. Um, and obviously if, if this isn't, if that's not the way you want it to be, you can, you can just tell them. Um, I just wanted to add that 
I was trying to convince my sister recently to go on a Disney cruise and she has two young toddlers and um, she's just said the thought of eating three meals a day in a restaurant with two toddlers sounds awful and stressful. And I just laughed because it's so not stressful and they really do a good job of keeping your kids entertained and there's stuff going on all around you and the food is really good and if they don't like it, they'll bring them something they do like and um, they just do whatever they have to do um, to, to keep your kids engaged and um, but even if they're not, they don't have to, you don't have to eat in the main dining room. Also, during late seating, you can take advantage of the dine-in-play option. So um, all you have to do is just inform your server when you enter the restaurant that you want to participate, and they will make the arrangements for you. Um, with the dine-in-play option, the, the youth activity counselors from the kids' clubs will actually come to your restaurant after your kids have finished eating and will escort them to the kids' club. So... Um, your kids will think this is great and you can finish enjoying your dinner um, kind of at your own pace. So um, that's a that's a great option if you have a late dining uh, reservation. And and you can even stay out late afterward if you want because the kids clubs are open, open until 1 a.m. Um, one last thing I wanted to mention about dining is that the servers will make baby food for you. I had packed tons of jars and I think we mentioned this in our October trip log. But um, we had packed tons of <laughs> jars of baby food and pouches, and um, they no- the first night they noticed that I brought stuff, and he was like, let me take care of that for you. And he brought us out um, a three-course me- meal for our seven-month-old. He had um, pureed vegetables, pureed fruit, and pureed chicken, and that, that was um, at dinner with for her every night. Yeah, that was awesome. Our daughter, though, <laughs> is a bit of a, a picky eater, so... She she didn't love it, but just uh, just letting you know that that is an option available to you, and they are are happy to help you out with that. So um, after dinner or or before, if you have the late sitting, it's also okay to bring your kids to the Broadway style stage performances. Um, they they will definitely enjoy them. There's lots of lights and colors and music that will that will keep them intrigued and entertained and and they're not too long either. I mean they're typically 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and if you're nervous about it, you can always just grab a seat at the end of the row so you can easily slip slip out if um, if they start to get fussy. And and of course there's always the option to watch the shows on your on your stateroom TV as well um, from the comfort comfort of your bed. And you won't be the only one. Anyway, so it's not like what normally when you'd go to a movie, if you walk in with a baby and people kind of give you dirty looks, but in this case, you're definitely not alone. Um, we brought our son, he had just turned two and we, the first night we decided he would, we'd let him check out the show. Um, I think it was Toy Story, the musical, and he was completely engaged the entire time. He had never even sat through a movie or anything and we didn't think he would stay in his seat the entire time. He was on the edge of his seat laughing and totally into it. So um, you might be surprised at how well they can handle it. We, we've covered the pool decks pretty extensively uh, in our previous episodes. So I'm not going to get too much into um, you know what all there is to do for the kids. But I just wanted to, um, for this episode, just to rem- 
remind everyone to to keep in mind that the the, the kids won't won't be allowed in the pools if they're not potty trained. Um, no swim diapers are allowed in the pools, uh, but swim diapers can be worn in the splash pad areas. In fact, if, if the kids are not potty trained, a swim diaper is required in, in those areas. Um, and, and these rules will be posted on the signs throughout the pool deck, so um, if you forget or you're unsure, you can, you can see there. Um, and there are also life jackets available on the pool decks for the kids to use. Castaway Key is also set up for toddlers to enjoy themselves. Um, aside from just playing on the beach and in the crystal clear water, they can cool off at um, the splash pad there. It's called Spring a Leak. Um, I say splash pad. It's, it's a water play area and it has fountains and, and pop jets and dripping pipes and things like that. So <laughs> I think our son could have spent all day at Spring a Leak. He had a lot of fun there and it was fun just kind of splashing around with him watching him it's really cute um, they also have scuttles cove on castaway key which is um the island's version of the kids club and is supervised by onboard disney counselors um there's a lot of fun to be <laughs> that for the kids to to have at scuttles cove they have a, a wet deck there they have a giant whale excavation site um and a number of other council counselor organized activities so um if, you know, if 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 you want to drop your kids off for a little while and let the the counselors look after them, um, you have that option. Um, they also sell sand toys on the island. I I don't think they're overly expensive, and um, a lot of people instead of bringing them because they're pretty clunky to to pack in your suitcases, you can just buy them on Castaway Key and and use them for the day. You could also split them with someone else, or when we were getting off the ship, someone else was getting back on, and they were done for the day, so they handed theirs off to us. Um, so they're pretty easy to find. And finally, we just we just kind of listed a few other miscellaneous tips that we thought might um, might be helpful for for parents to know prior to setting sail. So. Um, one thing that we like to do is it's always, it's really important to, especially when you're going, uh, to the Caribbean where it's really sunny and hot out, um, is to drink a lot of water. So we like to bring water bottles with us and, um, we bring Nalgene's and we, we also bring travel size dish soap and sponges so that we can clean them off, um, in just in our staterooms cause they can get pretty dirty and that, that's always been a, really helpful for us. If you're in the market for new water bottles for your kids, we highly recommend um, the Nalgene Grip and Gulp bottles, <laughs> just because they they don't have a lot of parts or like weird straws and crevices where sand and mold or whatever can get in. Um, so they're pretty easy to wash, and they do not leak. Yeah. Throw it in your beach bag, and they will not leak. They're awesome, and our kids really like them too. Um, obviously, sunscreen is huge. Um, we recommend bringing it with you if you're able to bring it on the plane or, or, or wherever because um, it's very expensive to buy either on board the ship or at one of the ports of call. So definitely want to make sure you have plenty of sunscreen, but we would say bring it in advance if you can. Yep. Um, I would also add to bring a baby carrier um, for when if you have a non-walker. Um a lot of times the baby would fall asleep in it and then we could just go 
take her to the show or um, do whatever we needed to do and have her. We also took it off the ship a lot to do excursions. Yeah, and it's helpful, especially when you don't want to bring your stroller too. So instead of having to, to you know, bring a stroller on a on a bus on a port adventure or or anything like that, it's a lot easier just to or through the crowded lobby right, and getting on the elevators. Right. Yeah. Um, portable snacks is a, is a big one as well. So if you can pack granola bars or um, prepackaged things, they won't let you take fruits or anything like that off the ship. Um, yeah, make sure it's in sealed packages. Yeah, they have they have to be have to be sealed. Um, it's interestingly enough, the you can order uncrustables from room service, which which are those um, prepackaged peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I think they're made by Smuckers. Uh, yeah, Smuckers or, or something like that. But and I don't believe these are on the menu. So this is a secret tip right. that you just have to remember that you can ask room service um, the night before for uncrustables and. Um, and then the next day, if you have an excursion or you plan on getting off the ship, you can take them off and just have sandwiches already made. Yep. And you can pack those right in your day bag and bring them off the ship with you. So that's And room service is included. Um, just got to tip them. Yeah. So that's basically free. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Quotes. Yeah. Um, and I mentioned this with sunscreen earlier, but just bring extra of, of everything. Um, I it's once you're on board it's it's just expense it's just more expensive to buy things once you're on board so you know if you know you're going to need more snacks or if you know you're going to need more sunscreen or or you know whatever recommend bringing it instead of um um buying them on board and you really can get anything that you need on board but i usually bring a little carrier with everything adult tylenol baby tylenol motion sickness medicine and c-bands um tums i try to think of like every possible scenario of what we would need (laughs) nail clippers yes you are quite the planner (laughs) (laughs) um and the last thing that we've that uh well that i had uh prepared was the midship detective agency on the dream class ships is a is a great way to kill some time um, it's also a lot of fun, but you know, if you're, if you're looking to just, if, you know, if you have an hour that you don't really know what you're, you want to do the, the midship detective agency is a lot of fun and the kids really enjoy it. And, um, it can kind of help you explore the ship a little bit and get to know the ship a little bit and, um, even interact with, with some other people around the ship. So I um, definitely recommend doing that maybe on a, a day at sea, which it's always a lot more crowded a day at sea, or, you know, like I said, um, a time in between a few activities that you have planned. So, um, anyway, that's, that's all I had. Can you, can you think of anything else that um, would be helpful to know? One thing I was trying to think of the best times to meet characters, if that's something that you're kids are into because a lot of times right before dinner that's when everybody is kind of showered and dressed up for dinner so that's when they want to take their family pictures um and you can look at the navigator and see where each character is going to be so if you want to see meet a specific character you know where to find them um but we found before dinner is craziness and the lines are pretty crazy and the lobby is really crowded but if you can sneak out um during dinner and just or maybe right when you finish slip out and try to find them that's sometimes a good th- a good time and also um 
during breakfast, we have found the lines are a lot shorter. Um, so I don't recommend unless you want to be, you know, capture the moments where you're all dressed up and ready to go to the show or to dinner. Um, but if that doesn't matter to you, try to um, go during other times. Yeah. And like you said, I would just keep your eye on the navigator. And, and if you, you, you know, see a character that you want to meet, get there early um, before the time starts. And, you know, they'll have a, 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 a place set up for you to, to stand in line and, and wait for the characters to come out. So um, that's a good tip. But if you get lucky, there's um, sometimes you just see the characters wandering around. I've heard that Goofy makes appearances at mini golf. And um, one time I met Minnie just while I was laying by the pool and she just walked by. So I got up and gave her a hug. And um, so you can you can often just see them unscheduled places around the ship walking around. Definitely. All right. So that will do it for this episode of traveling with toddlers and infants. I hope that it has been helpful and that, you know, you've learned something new and and you can and take some take some of these tips um, on your next on your next cruise. And we appreciate you listening and we will talk to you next time. Bye. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL Dude or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Dude Podcast. Please feel free to ask a question or leave a comment or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes uh, and leave me some feedback. And of course, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening.